almost a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half? Yeah. How many episodes now? 75? 75, yeah. Welcome home. This is the Residency Podcast. I am Jeff Tomasic with Drew Belcher and Lil Raven. Hello. Bringing you the biggest guests and stories in entertainment business, pop culture, and sports from our brand new studio on the Las Vegas Strip inside the Mandalay Bay. Make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. This episode is brought to you by Mandalay Bay. All is right in the world because football has finally started again. Woo. Do not forget that the Bud Light Beer Garden between Mandalay Bay and Luxor is the only place to enjoy the pregame and postgame for all of the home Raiders games. Tons of food, music, big guest experiences, and we will be there all the time to hang out with you guys. Um, and Drew will be there. This I'm, go- I'm going this weekend. I yeah, have to, let's yeah. go. Let's go. <laughs> uh, if you have not planned a trip to Vegas, by the way, for the weekend of October 9th, then get online and do it now because the highly anticipated third fight of the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder trilogy Ooh. is at T Mobile Arena and could be the sporting event of the year. Absolutely going to be crazy. Are you going? Trying uh, to go? Yeah, we're going to go. 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 We're going to go. Let's go. And finally, remember, summer might not be coming to an end in parts of the country, but in Vegas, Daylight Beach at night is an adult-only swim where you can enjoy amazing DJs and entertainment while we still have amazing weather here in Vegas. Make sure you come down and check it out. As always, come by our studio in the Manly Bay Sportsbook. If we're here, come say hello. Love you guys. We appreciate you. Let's get into the episode. It's a big one. Big 75. As always, wild one for you. We have the Panda himself, your goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. And maybe the tallest guy ever on the podcast. For sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. Robin Lanner, welcome to the show, my man. Oh, thank you very much. Well, uh, excited to be here. Let's go. He's pumped up. He's yep. pumped up. We're fired we're up guys. I am. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> we're not doing shots yet. Water today, but we're, we're ready to go. Um, before we go too deep, I do have a question for you. Uh, you have a Long Island tattoo on your neck. Yeah. Uh, what are your plans to get a Vegas tattoo? What do we have to do to convince you as a city? Here? I think this guy will, will do it with you. <laughs> I'll get one if you get one. Yeah. <laughs> well, we gotta make it back. <laughs> oh, oh, I love uh, that! I love it's that. Be some type of bet. Okay. Now, I, you know, I did it with um, Long Island. It was it was special to me? Okay. It really awesome. was. Uh, it wasn't like uh, you know I didn't like other place uh, places or whatnot. It was just uh, the relationship with the fans I had there was truly life saving in in some ways. Uh, coming out of rehab. Um, you know, coming from a tough situation in Buffalo for three years, uh, where obviously we we sucked, sure, you know? yeah, and uh, rightfully so. The the fans didn't like us there, and um, you know, was I wasn't a very popular guy there, and uh, that's fine. That's kind of the goalie. You know, if you're a goalie for a team that's not winning, you, that's yeah, you that's get the blame. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. Usually sure. goes, you know, goalie, coach, demon, forward. You know, sure. It's, uh, the, that's the blame train. Yeah, yeah, the blame, <laughs> the blame train. train. Someone's got to be the scapegoat. Yeah, yeah, All right. But um, then also, I didn't do myself any favors. I, I, I made some mistakes there. But um, then when I came to Long Island, I played my first preseason game. Coming out of rehab, it was a shit show of a summer. Um, had a few terrible interviews with a few teams. Came to Long Island. Lou Lamarillo, Trots, they were great to me. Made us all feel welcome. First home game preseason, never played in front of them. They gave me a standing ovation in sharing my name. Yeah, That's so yeah. Rad. yeah. And you know Matt Martin, those guys are fan favorites there, and I had a bigger cheer than them. And the, uh, you know, on the when they pronounce our names, you yeah. Know, and most of what I heard in Buffalo was booing. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> it just gave me the like honestly the life kick and um, you know revival of my career kick i needed you know with that support that i had in long island being open i think that's the type of fan base they had and 
it turned into a really special relationship. So that's why I put it there. It's not like I'm planning to put all my <laughs> all the cities. You <laughs> yeah, know what? We've been in five now. This is the fifth. So it's uh, then I'll have for the whole sleep. neck covered. So <laughs> yeah, for just, sure. I'll, just the US. I'll do something else. All you right. Know. Well, if we can audition for a Vegas tattoo, you let us know. We'll do a live tattooing yeah. at Mandalay yeah, we Bay. We figure something out. Then I might be in. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Drew said he'll do it with yeah. you. Yeah, guys, we're yeah. going to think of a bet here, and we're going to come up with something, and this could be a massive moment. Yeah, gotta, it doesn't so have fun. to be the neck, by the way. We can go. We can pick another spot. <laughs> you got you got a couple pieces of skin still open. Well, if someone give me ringside seats for the wilder fight then maybe i'll do don't that. say that because we can absolutely yeah. Yeah. Don't say that because it'll be done there we go <laughs> yeah. yeah if i do that then i'll do a vegas tattoo on my neck no problem there we tickets go. are on coming the they're on the way guys the yeah. city's here it can probably be arranged yeah, yeah. watch yeah. this yeah i'm gonna get your email after this and you're gonna get a, a flash seats <laughs> notification yeah. real quick um i love that man uh your time in as you just kind of described you've definitely bounced around a few times your time in hockey has been anything you would call a typical how would you how would you describe your NHL career so far? Oh, um, yeah, it's been interesting. <laughs> okay, it's, um, but I think uh, not as crazy as people think, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of players have same types of careers that I have. Absolutely, they bounce around, hundred percent. Yeah, honestly, uh, just I've been open about it. You know, yep. the rest of the people are hiding. Uh, you know. Um, and not being very open about things, which is fine. Uh, I just, you know, it's been a been a crazy journey in in general. You know, coming even to North America, you know, pursuing the professional life, and um, ever since I got here when I was 19 years old, it was a whirlwind of ups and downs. From day one, I got decided to come to North America, first professional year, and the whole way it's been it's been a ride it's yeah been crazy craziness of luck it's been craziness of bad luck it's been you know and that's kind of what you go through as uh, especially with goalies i think you know uh, you got to be lucky to to make it in this league i think a lot of good goalies don't make it because of bad luck sure um you know you don't get the right opportunity at the right time and uh, you come in get drafted by a team that's no no good and then you're not Again, goalie gets to blame, and then he gets out of the league. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's about the right opportunities. And, you know, my career could have been over a few times. And, you know, it could have not have started if some people didn't get injured and stuff like that, too. So For sure. Um, it's uh, – I think most goalies, you know, have the skill, you know, but it's also about opportunities. So. No, definitely. It sounds like you've embraced the journey, right? And I think that's the difference too. Some people try to hide all the, the stops or don't really own up to it, but it sounds like you've truly embraced it. Yeah, the comeback story is the best though, right? Yeah. In sports in general, right? Ups and downs and making sure that someone maybe had been counted out and comes back, shines through yeah, again. That's the ride, right? No, 100%. I think, it, I mean, it happens in sports all the time. Yeah. It's just uh, people don't know about it. Yeah. yeah. Like how many people that go through what, it, what I have gone through or in any of the of the sports, it's just different. It's different depending on the sport and depending on how the sports handles it. You know, uh, you don't hear much about uh, hockey or some other sports. You know, but some sports you hear a lot about. You know, yeah. Um, it's uh, a little bit different in all different cases of things. And but it's uh, you know, I I do appreciate the journey. Uh, I've learned a lot. You know, I'm everything I've gone through. I've learned things with. You know, and uh, it's. It's a classic, you know, build you up stronger, but sure. it really does, right? Uh, you, 
I've gone through a bunch of uh, crazy things like we all do and everyone goes through crazy things in their lives but uh, you got to kind of push through it and try to take advantage of opportunities and try to embrace it. Awesome. Do you think go do you think a goalie in the NHL has one of the most or if not the most pressure on a single player like in a team sport? It's kind of like a pitcher does in baseball yeah. having the ball time or quarterback, quarterback does in football. Yeah, yeah no I, I yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I, I'm not a I'm not an expert on those sports, but, right. you know, uh, for sure. Uh, we are the ones that get uh, the, the fingers are pointed at us. For sure. No matter for what, sure. you know, it's uh, and uh, in some case, uh, some teams, some some cases more than others, you know, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure, but you, you get used to it. That's why, you know, like a lot of people look the average age of goalies, I think, becoming a number one goalie in this league is around 27, 28. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for it. You know, I, I've said many times, I think, you know, yes, I was lucky. I broke in and played my first game when I was 19 uh, in Ottawa. And I was up and down a lot. And oh, wow, you're that young? Years, the first, yeah. You're 19? Yeah, wow. and I Shit. broke into the league, I think I was 22 when I broke in uh, as a regular. Right. Uh, somewhere there, 22, 23 maybe. Um, was the lockout year. Uh, me, Ben Bishop, and Craig Anderson. So I was blessed that I got the opportunity, but it was too early. You know, looking back at it, it was too early. You know, and that's what caused a lot of issues. That's what caused a lot of things. And, you know, the ride up and down to the AHL, uh, AHL and NHL back then, the culture was very different back then. You know, AHL was no joke 10 years ago. Um, it was not easy to play there, you know. And um, uh, then you go up, see the limelight, make some good money and have some fun. And you go down and then you ride the bus and you have, there's, was a crazy culture back then too. And, you know, it um, came over here 18 by myself, 19 professional by myself with, uh, you know, you get some roommates and you got to live by yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, in a man's world with the culture was in the AHL back then. It was not, it's, it's not easy. You know, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I'm not complaining about it. It's just saying it's it was crazy times, man. And uh, then you go through all the years. The years go by quick, um, and uh, a lot of good things, bad things happen along the way. And you know, you just uh, kind of roll through it. Man, you need that experience, though, to be honest. For with sure, you. you just don't have it at nineteen. Like you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you need and five, six years in the league and still being. So young in your mid twenties, right? Sure. And you you but get a whole there's new a lot of goalies that gets crushed for it too. You know, a lot yeah. like a lot Absolutely. of goalies that gets never get a chance early, again. You know they they don't do too well, and then they all of a sudden they get flushed down the in the mix, out, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know they don't get the help or the pump to to get back. You know, and uh, another talent's gone. You know, and you see it in the there's 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 a lot of good goalies that they've been on the verge of being kicked out. You understand what I mean? And uh, I mean, look at the, a lot of uh, the goalies that started very young in, in the league. You know, a lot of them, there's not many of them that truly just made it from that age and sure. going forward. And, you know, that's why I like, look up to like Kerry Price, you know, he in Montreal, the the shit he had to take there the first bunch, bunch of years. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, especially when like they traded Halak and all these things, man, like ruthless uh, Canadian city. We, I played in Ottawa. It was kind of the same thing, but not as extreme as Montreal. But, you know, 
any of those years, if he wasn't that mentally tough that he's proven to be, you know, like that's the wayside, one of the right? best goalies in the world could have been uh, out of the league too. Yep. You yeah. understand what I mean? Yep. Yeah. If he didn't have that bounce back season and he won pretty much every thing you could win that season <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, with yeah. a heart and all that stuff. But what, what, what if you take away that season? I mean, you it's, you're saying? the position like, of all the, where he gets the praise his, uh, and the blame. Eight for ten million dollar deal contract. Yeah. Know, yep. After that season. Yeah. For so, sure. Um, it's about luck. It really is. What, what happens if he was hurt that season? You know, it's um, and that's just he's more talented than that. I'm not writing him off. I look up to him a lot. Sure. But I'm saying it can happen easy to anyone, and there's plenty of. You know, I was watching this Carter Hart's thing this year, you know, in Philadelphia. Carter Hart's fantastic goalie. And, you know, being called out by a coach and stuff like that, media-wise, uh, at his age, I remember, you know, like, it's not easy. Sure. And yeah. it does not help him get bounced back and save more pucks. You know, that's... Uh, um, so, sometimes, uh, I think that's why pe- uh, teams are careful how early they introduce goalies. Which makes sense. Yeah, because 18 and 19, I mean... By culture stand- standards, you're an adult, but you're a kid at 18, yeah, 19 yeah. years yeah. old. You're, you're a are. fucking kid. Most yeah. kids yeah. don't even know how to pay their checks. I'm still account. a kid, yeah, and I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but I mean, sure. a lot of people said, you know, my, my old coach, is, uh, I actually met him here in Sweden this summer. You know, he always said when I was younger, I was kind of too crazy to understand sure. the importance of things, you know, but that wasn't it. It's just, I don't, I didn't care, you know, yep. I didn't really care back then, you know, what people think i was competitive you know when i go on the ice but if you don't have that little switch of you know when game time comes you fans and stuff don't matter or if you can't take that motivation and fuel you you know it can really eat you alive because again every we're goalies we're gonna let in a goal we, we don't have shutouts all the it time, happens right? yeah. I mean, yeah we yeah. let in goals pretty much every game right yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why uh, having a two goals against average is really good yeah but that means yeah. i'm letting in two per game <laughs> yeah. yeah that means that two times per game i play this season people are gonna say I'm, i suck yeah why why is he playing here you know what i mean it's like and with openness and all the other things the comments that i get are hilarious but it's uh i'm used to it yeah i don't yeah. care but a lot of people do yeah for sure it's not easy i mean you know, you have a in, secret to shutting off, I guess, in-game goals or just a really good game or a really bad game and being like, all right, cool, that's gone. Whether you did really good or really bad, moving on to the next one, you have a secret to that? No, that's tough. No, tough. I, I mean, it's it's different, honestly, would... Just don't go on different. social media? Uh, no, no, I, I do. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. Like, I mean, sometimes uh, my, my wife tells me, like, maybe you should stay away right now. Yeah, you this, know? yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. the night but, for Twitter. Uh, but... She sees uh, I still go on there because I don't know. It's something that fuels me, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, that's good then. But sometimes it doesn't. So it's like it's it's different. Yeah. It's uh, I can't really say when or what. It's just uh, when it feels right, it feels right. But uh, in the end of the day, you know, it's uh, a bunch of pigeons on their phone behind the screen. Hundred percent. Twitter figures. Who cares? Sure, yeah, exactly. sure. Most people that uh, assess things, they haven't been in a position. They don't know the position. They don't understand it. And even the most of the writers don't. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I like to keep up with it to see what the narrative is, you know, to kind of see see where the flow, the flow of both the team and also by myself. You know, we're, we're all, we, we, we work for the team and we play for the team, but we're also our own figures. So you kind of want to see kind of what the, uh, what everything's about. So you read the comments? Yeah, I love to read the comments Shit. sometimes. Because okay. I know you're super yeah. active on Twitter and for everything. Sure. So Yeah, no, I take breaks too. You know, I can't do uh, all the time. That's why, you know, 
when I'm active, I'm usually active for periods of time that I take a on purpose. Break, <laughs> I need my time you know, on Twitter right now. Sure. Before I, before I, uh, sure, sure. Your head explodes. For real, you know, but yeah. uh, I try to, um, yeah, again, there's no script to it. It's just kind of when I feel like it, when wherever I am in my life, what uh, daily issues or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, also what happens in the world because some, you know, life events and stuff uh, that happens yeah. triggers me to go in and sure. talk about stuff. Of course. And sometimes it doesn't. And, it um, sometimes I want to jump in on conversations and and don't. Sometimes you do. And I'm you, just yeah. bored and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, screw sure, it. Sure, sure. Not, sure. You, you ever know? have a good old fashioned Twitter yeah. battle that you that was amazing? Oh man, I'm sure you have. There, there's been some. There, there's been some good ones. I think. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, you know, uh, God bless uh, Ray Emery. You know, if, uh, to his memory, but it was. Uh, Pretty fun. I was I was young in Ottawa, and um, I remember he he was beating the he beat it, beat the shit out of Holtby. Yeah, and uh, obviously in Canada they ask you everything about everything. Sure, <laughs> sure. And he came up to me, young guy, you know, and you know I I've been around, and uh, they asked me about it, and I I said what I thought. I said, you know, if that was on the street, he would be charged with assault, you know, because this is in my opinion, you don't. You don't fight someone who don't want to fight you. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I said that, you know, he, I mean, Holpi was basically trying to skate out of the ring, yep. Yeah. but he caught him and they, and they had a fight, you know, but you know, uh, I have a lot of common friends with, uh, with Ray. I heard he's the best guy ever, but I was young Yeah. and I, and I said my Chimed piece in, as yeah. usual, you know, they asked me, I said it. Yeah. And, um, um, uh, I think it was girlfriend at the time we, she she started oh, going in. at oh, it. No. Nice. Oh, no. me and it next <laughs> like I was still young and fairly new, and it, she said some funny stuff. And the next day, you know, I had twenty five camera cameras at my stall. <laughs> sure, oh, sure, oh, yeah. It just turned into it happened hilarious. so fast. <laughs> yeah. It happened so fast. And Ray was playing a game during this. You oh. know, he didn't even know until like after the game. And you know, he was good friends with uh, Jason Spezza. So Spezza was talking to me about it. it yeah, uh, so I I remember that one. It was a long time ago, but um, no, nah, it's been it happens. There's been a lot of different it happens. Things, you know? Yeah, it happens. Um, it's okay. Yeah, but uh, again, when you grow in and more years in the league, you, I would say I've always been outspoken. But you, yeah, you, you can pick and choose you, your you battles. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're like your goalpost gets moved a little bit. Sure, sure. Year, yeah, you know? sure. You get a little bit more sway uh, of what you can do and what you can't. For sure. Well, I mean, I think when you touched on that, you had obviously been to a lot of other cities and how important they were to you. Uh, you know, when Vegas got the Golden Knights, you know, this city absolutely <coughs> erupted. What's your experience been like coming to Las Vegas with the fans, yeah. the new arena? A non-traditional yeah, hockey town. I, yeah, for sure. No, it's been it's been very special. You know, uh, obviously, um, as I said, like the Ottawa journey was a little bit crazy you know I was very young and uh, we had good teams bad teams you know it was kind of a little bit up and down as I said Buffalo not much to say there we were not good sure and it was a lot of issues uh, through throughout the board there um, and um, then obviously everything happened you know rehab Long Island was great wish it would uh, back then you know I wish it would have turned out good there and stayed there but sure you know everything happens for a reason I end up here which is absolutely amazing we love chicago as well yeah um but what i really liked was last three teams right like 
I even even Chicago, in Chicago, you know, good team, you know, great players, you know, we we were still competitive. It was yep. fun yeah. playing, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I didn't really have that before. And um, get traded here to a organization that does everything, uh, an owner that wants to win, uh, GMs, coaches, all that stuff. Everyone wants to win, you know, and it's a big pressure. If you don't perform here, you're gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's true. People yeah. say that. I mean. That's not how it should be, but I totally disagree. I, 100%. Absolutely. And for me as a goalie and uh, in my position here, you know, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. But then I also know that, you know, we have a great team here and we can win. Yeah. And we want to win. So um, why shouldn't they be that pressure? You know, and, um, but back to a question with Vegas, I think we both were very happy. My wife won, <laughs> wanted to be in the heat you know always want to be in the heat but <laughs> it's fucking hot it was it's hot deadline and stuff and we heard some rumors we were looking around to cities that we were hoping and it never happens we stopped looking and all of a sudden it became vegas yeah uh which was a shock to me um um got here and covid hit you know sure so it was <laughs> everything is i think we three normal games and then covid hit and then we went into lockdown I was in an Airbnb oh, for a crazy. while. My wife came and joined me uh, a bunch of months later from Sweden. Yeah, I didn't. And so you really barely got the Vegas experience, no, really. Not, not, not for the, since COVID hit until yeah. it started opening up a bit. You right. Know, like it's, uh, wow, okay. I, I really never did. And um, um, the gap year, the, yeah. just, the, just the, the gap year for everybody. But, you know, I still got to experience like the, the, the fans, the passion, uh, the patch around the fans yeah. on both sides. And I understand it. You know, it's a new new sports uh, um, sports franchise uh, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously very passionate uh, for the Golden Knights from day one and with everything that happened, everything, everything kind of sure. rallied around the team yep. and around the city with uh, with everything. And um, obviously the team meant a lot and means a lot to um, – Everyone here in Vegas. For sure. And, uh, so it's amazing to see that passion because there's no better place to play in than here. But also on the other side, you know, with with, Mar- uh, with Mark and with Flower, it was as a great guy. You know, it, it was a lot of heat on me. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it didn't matter what I did. You know, it was a People lot took of negative sides. things. Yeah, you, you, were, know, you were the bad guy. Like, yeah, yeah it was, I was in here destroying things. Sure. You understand what I mean? And I didn't choose anything. I didn't Absolutely choose not. to come here. Uh, I didn't call Vegas to tell them to trade for me. I didn't call them, you know, and being on a bunch of one-year deals, am I going to turn down a, a long-term deal in a great city with a great team? You know, I of course, I mean. Yeah. Sign that deal, yeah, baby. You, you got know, to. And I thought it was a good thing, too. You know, Flowers also get, getting older. And I mean, I hope he has more years in him. But yeah. having two good goalies, you need that in the NHL these Absolutely. days. So I'm, I thought it was yeah. going to be a good thing. But, man, it turned into <laughs> real ugly at times, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it. Uh, well, we're happy. I was to enjoying. Uh, I was enjoying Twitter for a while, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we can definitely talk about it, you know. Yeah. I, I think, like you said, going back before, I think a lot of the fans they have something to say, and they may not know enough about the sport. And I can say, being born and raised in Vegas, Vegas was never a hockey town. Never, a yeah. lot of the people are transplants here. So when Vegas did get hockey, and we signed Flower that first year, it's the greatest thing ever, which oh, yeah. we all loved. And he was great, man. phenomenal. He's great. Yeah, he's a legend. Fam- he's he's going to be. Uh, he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. He's one of the best uh, uh, goalies, uh, records left and right. You know. Uh, yeah. 
Noah has more respect. Yep. I'm a fan of him. Oh, yeah. yeah. We so all love I mean, him. Yep. Um, obviously, you know, in the beginning, it was weird for both of us. Sure. You understand what I mean? Sure. The awkwardness. I mean, sure. I'd be lying if, if, if it wasn't. But we're professionals and we treat each other. We're teammates. And uh, I mean, I've gotten to know his uh, agent now and actually think he's a hilarious guy, Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he stirred the pot there with a, with a sword thing. Oh, my image. gosh. They'll joke around oh, a lot with man. him. Uh, him now you know and that's the thing with people don't know like we <laughs> it, it just turned into such a sideshow there and it, yeah. it was hard for us to kind of just focus on winning games you know and um but you know he's the most professional guy i've been around you know great guy and uh pleasure playing with him but again it shouldn't have been i don't think should be like that uh, hostility that was for from a lot of them because you know what i just came i just trying to do my best for this team you know and, yeah it was uh, it was the fans coming after you for no reason and no going, but they had their, i understand their passion again yeah. this, i think also for the fan base here you know not everyone is like a grown up with hockey and all Absolutely. that stuff right yeah. yeah but there's obviously a lot of them too and the people that control the narrative of the hockey opinions in this city are not the the best either sure and yeah, i respect them but i mean i've seen them say some really crazy things and um it's always i mean just look at this year you know how, how many people are saying uh, you know bad things about petrangelo and all this stuff i mean he's one of he's the one of the best one of the greatest the world, one man. of the greatest <laughs> and like <laughs> overpaid where's our overpaid? money where's the value and then all yeah. of a sudden playoffs happen oh I guess he was good he had a great playoff <laughs> yep. sure. the cup, uh, that's also ago, uh, captain of a team and we got him and it's a problem i'm like <laughs> yeah. because these writers have no idea what they're talking about they but, really don't but big daily sports coverage that's the most negative thing about daily sports coverage is that if you especially with off seasons if you don't have anything to talk about you have to create opinionate yeah. and create things uh, i mean and, and, of course you have to yeah. i mean content creation is one thing but putting out really bad opinions to people are still learning the sport it's not a true 100 for sure but in the end of the day i'm not criticizing all of them there's good writers sure uh, yeah. Too. yeah i'm not gonna sit here and say this this or this i'm just saying there's some people that create, create <laughs> the, the, the narrative here and that's been very against me it's like when i win a bunch of games it's like he's not getting as many shots as flurry they're blocking more for him. Sure, why sure, sure. Playing better for why is Robin the defense playing better for Robin? Yeah, <laughs> like I, they think I don't uh, know what they're tr- doing. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And oh, I, I go and have some posts. Some guy, oh, he has been many posts lately. Oh, we the team scores uh, uh, this many goals when Robin plays, but like he does read the when comments. they average. Yeah. He does read the comments. Things out. No, these are this is from the actual yeah, writers. Right. yeah, the writers. Yeah. These yeah. are the writers. We had the same goals for like. Um, when you yeah. average it out, but it goes in like I can play a few games uh, and we score more, and then I play a few games we score less, and all of a sudden, well, oh, Robin's not playing good right now. <laughs> oh, Flower's not playing. But when he was losing, it was all you know. Flower is such an athletic person. Sure, honestly, like it's so impressive uh, the athleticism and how he plays the game, and really impressive to watch. And it's fancy. It looks great. It's, uh, you know what I mean? So you can have 20 shots, let in two goals, but it has two super saves, right? Showman, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have 20 shots, let in two goals. I don't have those saves because I don't play that way. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the Robin, he wasn't good today. Oh, Flower, uh, it was the same type of game, same shots. Ah, uh, no, he, he couldn't do anything. You understand? It's sure, sure. The highlight sure. moments, yeah. you know? And then they create this narrative about it. So I think it wasn't like fans necessarily jumped on me 
on purpose. You understand what I mean? I think it was a narrative to it too, created by by the media, uh, that made it uh, very complicated to kind of break through. And I still, I'm, I have a big hurdle to break through right now too. Yeah. So, what are your expectations for this coming year? I mean, this is a totally new situation for uh, you. I expect uh, a lot of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the opinions are never going to stop. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, everyone keeps uh, saying, "Oh, keep asking, how are you feeling? Are you going to go in and play?" Uh, you you would be a starter now. I'm like nothing changes for me. Yeah, you know I've yeah. played against a lot of good goalies. Brasser, who we brought in, he's a great goalie. I expect us to compete for it. You yep. know, yeah. If I don't play good, I don't want to play. You know, I want the best players to play. You know, I'm. It's about winning. Absolutely. For me, it is. And uh, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I that people don't know and that I won't say. I mean, if if someone's playing better than me, then they should play. That's my honest opinion. And. Um, in the end of the day, I am. I go in every season thinking, you know, that's part of myself, tricking myself to perform well, that I'm the best in the world. I, when I play, I, I think I'm Michael Jordan of, uh, of hockey. The stats are pretty up I there, yeah. I have to. No, yeah. but I have to tell them. I know I'm not. Yeah. But I'm <laughs> in the game. I, I'm telling myself. <laughs> Do that. it. There's a 23 you know, jersey I, I, on underneath, yeah, baby. Man, Mama mentality. <laughs> That'll yeah. be good. I, yeah. But... That's how I approach the seasons, you know, like it's good. competition, you push each other and you try to be as good as you can. But yeah. it goes with goalies, it goes up and down. Ask a lot of goalies. You can have the best feeling on a game day, right? You can come out and have the best warm up, uh, best sleep the day before, come out, feel great. You let in three in the first period. There are there are games where it doesn't matter how good you are or how good you feel. You can look terrible. Yes, yeah, not that day. And there are games, and I've had, especially early in my career, when I felt like sh- I felt like shit. And oh, I got a post that was lucky. I, you know, like small things. You, you, and yeah, yeah. You, you have a great game. You know, it's you can't really. Obviously, you can. You you better your odds if you're a better goalie, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Like a lot the of things are unpredictable. The world can be shelled in the first period with the tip, and then another one timer goes bar down. You know. What shooter is shooting at you? You understand what yeah. I mean? Uh, is Ovechkin hitting his one timer, posting in, or is he hitting you in the chest? You know, like yeah. it's a lot of luck too. So you yeah. play, you play the position with luck a little bit. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Going back to the Alan Walsh tweet, do you think he should have held off on the timing of that tweet? Only because I think you, you want to know something. You know, like as I said, I I, I think he's awesome. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Alan Walsh, uh, it's it's awesome for. You know what I. I was pissed at the moment. Sure. 100% I was. I would be lying if I wasn't because what it, it made it it made that playoff harder for me. Yeah. 100% it did. Um, but Alan Walsh is one of those agents that are really pushing for player rights and, uh, you know, getting be- uh, the game better for sure. the players. And it's, he's outspoken. And I respect that. I'm outspoken. You understand what I mean? And in the end of the day, I respected him for standing up for his client. You understand what I mean? Yep. I like, yeah, he I, works. I really, he doesn't work for the team. He works was for the Was it good? Was it uh, something that uh, he should do again? No. But <laughs> yeah. I respect yeah. him for it. I really sure. do. Man. For sure. And, makes sense. Um, I think it, it was tough for Flower, too, you know? And uh, But he did it out of, you know, how much he loves Flower. Sure, so sure. Again, I, I respect him for for standing up for his client, but it wasn't good for our team. And, you know, as a team sport, so in the end of the day, I don't. I think he would agree with me if he hears this. That I think he would do a do over, uh, do over on it. But 
Again, it's something that me and Flower were kind of laughing about. So you guys laughed we, about it? Yeah, we oh, did. Oh, cool, and cool, The next cool. day, you know, he came, Flower came up to me. It's like the next day and said he was so, uh, sorry and, and he, he didn't know. But we, we, we laughed about it. Okay. It had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, eventually it has nothing to do with uh, Walsh either. It's with the cult of flower that he created of course, the media yeah. and the narrative yeah you're yeah, absolutely right yeah. like the like stampede of fans like, yeah. uh, he assembled the army to come against <laughs> yeah. me Every and they game. did they yeah. did and um, that's crazy it's um it didn't make it easier because again it's it's even if i'm good mentally to turn that away and make it in, into good things it's also you know new new on the team you know do i think know if the players you know, uh, flowers very liked. You know, like it it brings a lot of those things. Like the outside noise is one thing, but like it it felt weird in the locker room. Absolutely, you know yeah. what I mean. And um, like a divide. And it was during the playoffs, and, uh, right? It, yeah, it was in the bubble. So, okay, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So it was. Uh, <laughs> no one else talked to you but each other. It, yeah, you know? Nobody uh, else there. <laughs> you have to get through it. Fuck. But again, made me made me stronger. You know, it's uh, thanks to Alan, you know, it made me a little bit more prepared for this season. Because this season, I said it before, you know, I had a lot of pressured seasons. This is my highest pressure season, and I know it. Uh, I have to perform for one reason, the organization. It's that way, as we just talked about. Yeah. If you don't yeah. perform, you're out of here. Yeah. That's, if you don't know that by now, you, you should probably be on this team. Yeah. Uh, if we don't win the cup, it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It, honestly, like, yeah, don't portray it that way. Don't portray it that way. Yeah. I'm not saying against the team or anything. I'm just saying the narrative. Yeah, the fans. Know? Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, that's fine. I want. I'm here to win the cup. You know. Yeah. It's listen, man. There's no one that's gonna be harder on themselves or on me than myself. Yeah. You know, like I want to. So that goes back praise or blame. You know, it all comes sure. to you, right? If you do win, ideally, hopefully, you get all that praise, right? And, Absolutely. You know, that comes with the it's other side. It's a great side. opportunity. Yeah. Honestly, you can. I can look at it as the biggest pressure season and, yeah. and crumble to it, and who knows? We, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But on, it's also a great opportunity for me to do the best I can and help the team win, and hopefully, we we can go all the way and get a cut. Let's go. Let's go. I'm hyped. Let's go. Hyped. You know, it's whatever you turn it to, right? And, Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I like it's, it. Um, I like it. Be like that Tom Brady thing last uh, last uh, last season, right? Yeah. Like if yeah, he they goes, wrote him if off. If he goes to Tampa if he goes Bay, to Tampa yeah. and 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 loses, he's old. It's all uh, <laughs> it was Belichick. Yeah, Belichick, Belichick yeah, yeah. right? It was all that was everyone was saying. Oh, now he doesn't have Belichick. Now look at how he's gonna go. He goes and wins. That's right? hot. That's so like, sick. The most ridiculous flex of all time. It's so sick. It's, it's it's on another scale of what I'm talking about because that's crazy what he did. You know. But it's kind of the same thing, you know, like yep. it's depends what you do with your opportunity. And obviously you try and do best I can. And uh, we have a great team. We have a great le uh, leaders on our team, a great coaching staff. And um, I'm excited for the season. We have all the tools. We just have to find that little extra, you know, and, and push through. You know, it's small, small details that we just got to just get a little bit longer, you know. Yep. 100 um, percent. So what, when I was scrolling through your Twitter and one of the uh, favorite things that I saw was uh, you have a, a personality of you that you reference quite a bit. If we were interviewing your fifth personality on a bender in Amsterdam, what is he like? I love mm -hmm. that comment, by the way. Yeah, I don't remember. You always say, uh, like, I don't yours don't crazy. I uh, what I answered that to, but no, I, 
I said it sometime, you know, yeah. honestly, I'm not trying to, I, I'm trying to be careful with that stuff a little bit too, yeah. uh, but sometimes I'm not, um, you know, being bipolar, you know, it's a lot of stigma to it. It's, uh, but yeah, I have different moods. That's yeah. what bipolar is. It's yep. nothing else. And I'm in different moods. And when I'm medicated, I don't, I don't go through those long period of times. I don't go to extremes, all that, uh, that I was when I was unmedicated, you know, yeah. but I, I always say like, I'm, I'm a little bit special guy. I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. You sure. Know, yeah. You're absolutely open about it. Special different personalities at times, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, not in a, not in a bad way, you know, but yeah. you know, early in my career, you know, it, 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 I was a shit show at one point and, uh, yeah, I, I had a, I had a lot of, I had too much fun sometimes and, you know, and I, I trying to remember what I, who it I was funny. Someone you're saying you're, you're being as crazy as my fifth personality on a bender in Amsterdam. <laughs> it was funny though. Yeah. But what did that person say? I, uh, I don't remember the exact tweet. It yeah, was, it was no, hilarious I, though. No, you had a few I, good I, ones. Yes. But you, you are know, at the end of the day, you know, I, you know, I think we all go through different moods in our lives, you know, yeah. and, uh, and uh, different parts where you do some things you might regret or not regret. You know? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But uh, in the end of the day, you know, it's. Uh, well, you are, you are one of the most outspoken advocates for mental health, like in pro sports. I yeah, think, absolutely. you know, you've been very very public about that. Can you tell us about how that's benefited you as a person and people around you? Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, the, we, I, I talk a lot about this, obviously, this main thing people um, uh, ask me about, obviously, since we yeah. have and all that stuff. It's been a little bit more difficult to, with everything uh, through COVID for everyone, I think. Mm. But um, I'm, a bit, I'm a part of... Uh, try to be a part of the mental health conversation. Sure. Right? And uh, uh, I'm part of, uh, with a lot of people, a, a lot of organizations, especially the same here organization. Uh, uh, but um, there's a lot of crazy things going on, especially like in, I'm in the U.S., so I'll talk about the U.S. I'm sure. not a U.S. citizen sure. or anything, but, man, I've been here for a long time. I care about this country. Let's uh, yep. yeah, let's sure. get over it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I can... I pay taxes here more than a lot of people. Yeah. Have. I can, yeah. I, more than all of us probably combined. That's yeah, fair. exactly. That's fair. Like, uh, you know, in the end of the day, um, I want people to be healthy For and sure. to, and this is the controversial stuff that everyone keeps cutting out. Right. It's the, it's the government's fault. End of story. You know, yep. uh, um, it's the corporation's fault. It's the stigma's fault. And what's the stigma? It's not that people think I'm crazy. The stigma is if you're open about something that we all deal with one way or another, different levels yep you get screwed sure end mm -hmm. of story like people say it's not true they're nuts yep and uh, it's the same with the mental health organizations and pharmaceutical companies and all this stuff i mean you can't even afford the medicine in this country if you don't uh, make good figures absolutely at my medicines in chicago it was like three four thousand bucks a month sheesh that's crazy that's what people make and diagnosed and uh, get diagnosed rehab uh, so i'm lucky I'm lucky. I, I I try to speak for all those people that are not lucky. You know? Yeah. And uh, then we were complaining about homeless uh, crisis and you know uh, drug epidemic, suicide epidemic, and all that stuff that kills way more people around the world than COVID or whatever. Do absolutely. End of story. Absolutely. And we like to put them in pockets, right? Like, what is mental health related uh, deaths? You understand? Like, yeah. They miss like they miss a whole type of the spectrum, yeah. right? It's like 
when you see this is one of the most controversial ones that we always talk with the same hero organization, right? You look at all the uh, pharmaceutical-backed mental health organizations, there's a mass shooting. All the uh, pharmaceutical-backed organizations say, oh, let's not blame this on mental health. Are you kidding me? Yeah, blame you, it on the you, gun. You, yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, everything's fine if you can go and shoot 30 people? Yeah, you're right. I mean, let's start to be honest about the conversation. Why are kids doing so much drugs? Well, they're in debt from college, from their whatever, 20 to 40, sure. the majority of them. Yeah. yeah. Is that not the government's fault? Yeah. And then they can't afford to pay for the medicines they need, so they start smoking a little bit, okay, a little bit less stressed uh, in the end of the month, and okay, that doesn't work anymore, maybe I'll try some pills or, you know, and okay, I can't what afford uh, expensive stuff, so I'll get some, some laced fentanyl and stuff and I die. Yeah. yeah. No, but let's blame the cartel. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely well, right. If you don't create the problem, there's no, the cartel can't sell their product. Sure. So whose fault is it? That's what I keep saying. And every time I talk about it, they cut it. You know, it's, uh, we, we keep looking at why there's issues with a lot of people. <clears throat> and I have issues, but I got help. Mm-hmm. And I took the open, honest way, which rehabs and rehabilitation programs says you should be open with those around you. But the workspace says, be quiet because you will get fired, right? Yep. yep. So you have to choose when you a cop. Do I want to have mental health issues or want to keep my job? Sure. Wow. Right? Yeah, and I agree yeah, with you there. Yeah. That's a good point. Me and, yeah. uh, me and hockey, right? I had to pick open and honest, have this. I mean, I'm around my wife and kids and all that stuff, right? Open and honest with them, okay? That's great. But who am I around the most? My yeah, your team. team. Your yeah. team. Yeah. yeah, right? So... The system wants me to be quiet. The system don't want me to talk talk about it with anyone. So the first few years trying to stay sober and stuff, if no one knew that I went to rehab and had these issues, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then I could have picked up the beer, the first plane ride again. Yeah. And no one would have said anything. Yeah. But I was open and honest. So I had that protection around me the first few years. You understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. In Long Island and, and whatnot. And, you know, GMs, coaches, everyone kind of knew, you know, they don't. I, I knew they could look at my hotel tab because no one did before and all that stuff. You know, it's so many different problems involved in this. But we have a system that we're – when you have trauma, everything is trauma, right? So, like, you go through life, you get traumas. Traumas affects people differently. And you look at military, you look at police, you look at, uh, you know, uh, people, doctors that sees crazy stuff all the time. Sure. Obviously, it's trauma building up. It's crazy. For sure. But they can't get help. And then they wonder if there's some crazy, crazy ones in these professions. You understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, they can't get help. Because what happens? A lawyer could say, if I'm a, uh, I'm a cop and I come out and I say I'm bi- bipolar 1, and yeah, no. 98% of the population don't know what bipolar 1 is. Sure. They just think he's crazy. Yep. Yeah, so a lawyer yeah. could take this like this. Oh, that cop put 100 people in jail. They all walk. You're right. Yeah. And what's that come from? Loss. Yeah. Right? Just a that weird we liability. Don't that yeah. we're, that, that yeah. we all have these issues. You're going to tell me that a lot of people in those types of professions don't have issues? They do. Of they do. You're absolutely but we right. have a system where they can get help or can't be honest, and they have to self-medicate. And what happens? Yep, exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's the system for yeah. you. And it's looked that's down the upon. same in yeah. all the different professions and sports and corporations and all that stuff. And that's why I'm trying to, why I'm trying to speak 
get more people it's not to you know neglect you know the middle class or lower class or whatever classes you want to talk about it's just if the upper class can be open and honest about it then it normalizes sure for that's sure. what the same here organization does the most for me trying to get people ceos other athletes whatever to speak out join the conversation join the conversation yeah. normalize it exactly. what type and of feedback have you gotten from from fans and just regular normal people about how how much help how helpful they've been or you've been because you've been public about it in their lives and maybe taking that step to be more open with their inner circle or their or their job or their boss the peers, or whatever it may be yeah, yeah. No, but i mean i've gotten a lot of good uh, feedback but again you know i'm, I'm still struggling at times you know yeah. like i still go it goes up and down uh, but, but that's part of the does. conversation you right what i mean but yeah. i get a lot of good feedback that way but it's surface feedback right it's Again, if you can save one life, that's great, right? I, I've, I, I've had a couple of good instances. I helped a few people, you know, and there's a lot of, uh, uh, I get a lot of messages on my social medias and stuff, and I can't keep, I can't do help them, sure, yeah, because there's so much, sure, and I try to, you know, with speaking and you know, doing what I'm doing and planning what I want to do in the future, kind of to help as many as possible. When I'm talking about laws and try to explain things. Uh, and put some perspective to things. I think that will help more, because in the end of the day, I can I can sit here and talk as much as I want about these these things. But what does the people that can't afford the medicine? Do? What is he gonna? I'm not helping him. You're right. Yeah. I'm not help. How am I helping him? Yeah. I should sit in front of Congress talking, even if I'm a grade nine, crazy Swedish athlete, whatever they think, <laughs> because they have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I've been through this stuff, you know, with my background, my family, without going into that. I, I grew up kind of on the rehabilitation centers, all, all types, uh, types of things. I've been around people, addicts, mental health issues, uh, family members uh, and uh, relatives, all stuff. I, I know a lot about it, you know, and uh, um, there's so much in the world, especially now through COVID, right? And that's why I spoke up against uh, the COVID too, you know, like, of course I respect COVID, but I also respect what's going to happen because I understand what's going to happen. I understand what to look at to see what's going to happen because a lot of these people that's struggling now during COVID, it's not dying. Sure. And that you can go through history and see during pandemics and stuff, you have survival mode and you, you stay around the family until everything normalizes again and you've lost your business. Everyone else's life is kind of coming around or you got addicted to something. Addiction doesn't kill you in one day most of the time you're it right it's a long time yep mm -hmm. how many people start drinking tobacco drugs during the pandemic yeah. how many yeah. people lost all their money and lost their life purpose and can't rebuild right they're not going to just die right now so a lot of people comment to me oh you're lying uh there's not more suicide now than it was before there will, will be come yeah. a wave of more drug uh, addiction uh, all the people that was in programs and AA and all that stuff lost all that during the pandemic. So people that were struggling, they lost their support systems. Um, there's a wave of consequences coming in the next bunch of years from mental health that was already way bigger than COVID ever was. And people say, well, mental health doesn't uh, infect anyone else. Are you kidding me? Try living with a, with a person that's depressed. Ask my wife how it was living with me when I was through my cycles. You think she was happy? 
a miserable city. You're so right. Yeah. 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 Is, is, is it not infectious? Sure. No. Uh, not in the sense that it's a bacteria, but it's, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, if rubs off on people easily. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You know, like if you grow up in a in a in a tough household, yeah. it creates mental health issues. Correct. Absolutely. It really does. And how many people that didn't get help uh, and got locked in with a uh, with uh, you know domestic abuse and all that stuff? I yeah. I go so through right. all these uh, things and. Uh, even kids, like there was statistics and stuff that I went through and got professionals to give me the statistics. It was like crazy things about rented households not getting food on the table every uh, uh, every day. How's that affecting kids in uh, a big portion of rented households in the U.S.? Longer periods of times, you know, like all these things affects, right? Yeah, just being cooked um, up. But we we would like to do suicide, right? Like Like people that they find like hanging or if they shot themselves or whatever happened right but like there's so many things that you don't really you can't really put it on it right and what led to it and there's a lot of mental health issues that it's not documented as mental health deaths you know and it's still i think yearly around what to say 10 10 15 million or something there they have mental health issues but they don't count in all the drug overdoses they don't sure, count in sure you know drinking and uh Drinking and driving, I think that you have to have some issues if you can, you, you know, chug a bottle and then go out and drive, you know. Uh, For sure. Uh, it's just all the people, and this is where people get angry at me too, you know, all the people that are in prison or criminals or murderers and stuff like that. Of course, there's an issue, you know what I mean? I, I think that a lot of people disagree with me, but I believe you have to have an issue to be able to hurt someone. Of course. But it's not, of course, to most to, to the people that talks, uh, talks yeah. to me. It's like it's dangerous to say that. Well, I mean... Obviously, if uh, someone that has, you know, been, if there was some mental health education in the school systems, and that's what happened in rehab, right? You go to rehab and you get educated about illnesses. Sure. Yeah. So you're saying and like, you like fitting into it. Like I'm preemptive like, education is you're saying yes, what's necessary, right? Yeah. Not like after you have a problem, no, you finally get yeah, the lessons you need. Do you think I knew I was bipolar? Yeah. I've lived once. What I am is what I know. Exactly. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? So how would I know that I have an issue except that... Oh, I, I can see. Well, why can they be consistent with this stuff? Why are they happy all the time and I'm not? You know, like, you go and wonder, right? But, like, it's not until you hit rock bottom and then there's a terrible aftercare system anyways. But for yeah, me, you're not I'm lucky. I, I was. I had a good aftercare system. But you get taught in rehab, right? Or in when you get into the bottom, yeah. you know? And then I'm like, okay, well, I have... I fit into the ADHD, you know, and then you do all the tests. Okay, I have ADHD. And then, okay, PTS, uh, PTSD, uh, some some trauma, and then bipolar, and then you go through pattern your life. And, okay, bipolar one, and go through. It's not that easy, but, like, then you start reading about it, and you see yourself, and you start recognizing everything, right? Sure. Yeah. And uh, without, if there was more mental health education in school systems from young ages, you know, mm-hmm. not – Absolutely. You know, at least tools, you know? Sure, sure. To then recognize. you can catch it earlier than I believe that a person that's going down the wrong road could have been up the right road. You know what I mean? Uh, For sure. And uh, Do maybe you? don't drink too much and like, accidentally, you know, drink and drive and then kill someone, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of things you can treat a country from within by having... And again, I, I'm, I'm from Sweden. I'm not a socialist, but I believe that if you have good health care, you know, good health care and... Make sure that people get diagnostics and treat their mental health. You're going to save a shit ton of money. Yeah. Because ho- imagine the all the mental health, how much that costs a country. You know, with uh, crime and all that, what entails, in my opinion. 
um, it, you'll save money. In your world, specifically the NHL, is there open communication about mental health within the NHL, or is it still no. pretty just a closed off? If you if yeah. you particularly choose to speak about it publicly, it's crap. But there's not a lot of open communication within the NHL. No, no, uh, no, it's not. I, I mean, I'm I work close with the program, you know, and uh, you know we I they know how much I appreciate them. I I, I encourage people to get help, but there there's room for growth for all of us, you know. Yeah. I'm not criticizing them, but it's. Um, it's not enough, you know, like I, that's why I was, uh, I, I, I was angry. It was frustrating because I'm trying to fight for a cause where I see a lot of people struggling. And, uh, you know, we have a COVID video before last season about all the restrictions and the dangers and all that stuff. And we had a one minute slide about bubble fever Call this number. I'm like, what, the f-? like, <laughs> what, what, what are you guys doing? Bubble you fever. know, like, uh, it's, uh, I've seen people, you know, like, and again, it's not poor hockey players. I've seen people everywhere. Everyone struggled. Doesn't matter if you have a billion dollars, if you isolated in your room, you know what I mean? You're used to what you're used to. Yep. And your mental health get affected by it. There's different degrees of how much it affects certain people. But of course. in the end of the day, it's um, a lot of people got affected by it. And I don't think uh, any of uh, the work... Um, of any corporations, not just NHL, any corporation that's taking mental health seriously whatsoever. And uh, so it's not calling out the NHL in what, uh, in any manner either. You know, it's everywhere. Yep. Um, and it's... Um, Even in it's pro sports in generally, it's a very, just a very... Yeah, it's, it's, it's poor us, you know, a poor millionaire that gets to do his job. Listen, man. Yeah. Yes, we're privileged. I'm not saying we're not. Right. But, you know... In the end of the day, you know, like we all have feelings no matter what, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, um, it affects you, you it know, does. for yep. everyone. Absolutely. And, you know, like I got to, you know, that's one of the benefits of being bipolar, right? Like when, when I got into my stages and all that stuff, I learned real easy. When I get into something, I learn really, like, I, I, I can become very knowledgeable about some, uh, some stuff when I'm in my, uh, different moods you know and you know going into the mental health reading a bunch of books and doing a bunch of research about all types of different types of medicines and how to um how things really are you know and reading through the lines and listening podcasts and all that stuff that the knowledge that they don't want you to know you know that they don't want you to be taught um it's 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 crazy you know like how you can it's not about if you're what, what 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 race you are or what uh, like poor rich all that stuff. As I'm saying, I'm fighting for people to have all uh, all everyone should have the tools. Mm-hmm. Everyone should get help. But we all have emotions, and uh, you know there's um, there's a really good book that I read about trauma called Walking the Tiger that explained that you know when you talk about fight or flight. You know, if you look in the animal world, you you an antelope in the in Africa, sure, it doesn't get traumatized by being attacked by a lion because it's always in that flight mode, right? And uh, but if it's, if a lion gets attacked, it gets traumatized because it's not used to it. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Do you understand what I mean? So they did a bunch of research. Uh, I think uh, Kevin Levine, I think, uh, wrote this book. He has a bunch of books, and they did research on earthquakes in different uh, uh, classes of society. Well, the lower class took the earthquake way better than the upper class, right? 
because the lower uh, lower class they have to go off and get to work the next day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they well, get I mean, through they it. Yeah. Sit and yeah. Simmer in it. Yep. They are actually strong. Like yeah. their life has got them stronger. You understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you know a rich housewife going through the earthquake can sit at home. You know, think about uh, it. Think about it for a few months, sitting in, start drink, uh, drink some wine, didn't don't have to go to work the next yeah. day, right? And that's how trauma kind of builds. You kind of builds up a little bit too. So you can't. We can't measure things, but obviously, I'd be lying too. Like obviously, a lot of people have a lot worse, but we're all going through this together. Mm-hmm. And seeing that people don't get help, it's it's saddening to me, you know. And that's why I try to speak about it. And for sure, we should speak about this more. Absolutely. Well, kudos to you. I think I think just the conversation, like whether as slow as it may be, the conversation essentially should build snowball effect over time and get it just and get to better. start somewhere. Yeah, and get yeah. better and better. You know what? You know I'm I I'm optimistic pass. I'm an optimistic pessimist. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you call yeah. it? Uh, optimistic I, pessimist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I try to be optimistic, but I also try also try to be realistic you know it's about money you know it's about powers it's about you have to change a lot of powerful things to get things to where they need to be and uh, do I see uh, in the immediate future that uh, cops can be honest about their mental health issues no no yeah I think it's a long this is a very long uh, term same people are still mad at me for talking about saying that I'm underpaid well I will say and again I'm not complaining about my pay yeah, I'm not complaining about my life. I'm not complaining about the money I'm making here. I love my contract. Me, my wife, my kids love it here in Vegas. We said yes, and I put the signature on the contract, and I was <laughs> very happy with it. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Yep. But it's still not what I'm worth. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. For sure. If you take the statistics, which all other players in the league gets to do, except me, that was open, they put your numbers there, and this goalie's numbers there, and this goalie numbers here. Oh, you, you're there. That's the number. But that's not how it works. For yeah. Me, how it works for me. Sure. You understand what I mean? It's uh, just facts. And uh, that's why I'm trying. Only why I'm saying that is because to prove a point that the system is built wrong. Because let's go into sport mental health for a little bit. You know, um, I say this all the time. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a diagnostic expert, but I have these issues. I have all, most of my friends and people I deal with on a day-to-day basis have different issues. So when you, you watch Michael Jordan's uh, TV show, right? Yeah. 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 Last dance. And, yeah, uh, yeah. If you start inviting people into athletes uh, worlds, the crazy superstitions people have, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I've seen the craziest superstitions. Wearing the shorts every in, day. Um, in, in hockey, you know, you have to tap this, 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 this. Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> you have to eat the same thing. You have to do, your hair needs to be perfect. Otherwise, you're not going to score a goal. The uh, skates need to be tied the exact same way. Uh, but that's superstition. That's not OCD. Sure, sure. That's superstitious. You know, uh, seen so many talented young players come in and they go bar down on me every practice score on me every time in practice then it comes the game and they can't hit the net uh he's not clutch you know he's he's nervous he can't handle the big stage or is it anxiety mm. you understand what i mean uh, a guy that's inconsistent 
he scores a bunch of goals one month and then goes cool for two months. Did he lose his talent? Sure. Or maybe does he have some bipolar in him? Does he have mood swings? You understand? Like, there's, I see ADHD through a lot of people. Like, there's, again, that's just in sports, but it's in all corporations throughout society, right? And if you have mental health education and treatment, imagine a company like Google, how many employees? Four or five hundred thousand? Yeah, a ton. So say let's let's be like one of the pharmaceutical backed um, mental health organizations now and say that one out of four, you know, struggles mental health. You know, or one out of five they say. Which is total bullshit in my opinion, because who is honest on a poll about their mental health in this country? You know, probably minimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because we, you get punished by it. So we have a system that you don't say it, so, but they yeah. say they have the numbers. Um, Who's honest on a poll in general? Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even know I was bipolar. So how would I be even say if I had me- mental health sure. issues, right? They don't diagnose people in this country because it costs too much. So let's scrap that away. But imagine that it is true. One out of five in a 500,000 uh, employee company that struggles with mental health. Right. What if Google helped them? How much better would their for- workforce be? Yeah, you're right. 100,000 people. What, what <laughs> would be in NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, whatever, right? If they put, they want to put in uh, strength coaches, all these types of new uh, sports scientists and all that stuff to make you this little bit quicker. But for God's sake, don't have a uh, mental health coach. Sure. Or a, or a psychiatrist yep. or a therapist on a team where good teams, you know, don't make it all the way. And why, you know, why, well, why does you, it's, it's insane to me. We do everything with our bodies, uh, in, in sports, but we neglect the mind. I neglected my mind and, um, it's, uh, it needs to change, but I don't see it. I don't see how, unless a lot more people start talking about it. And, uh, did your game change? Did your skill? Did you think your mental toughness change and your skill set and your game improve once you actually officially no. figured out what no. happened to you? You don't think you were clear headed no. and no, perform better? Uh, no, it's uh, two different things. Mental toughness, no, because that's mental illness, mental toughness. I said that before. I said it in my master speech. You know, I'm not uh, because I'm mentally ill. I'm not mentally weak. You know, and it's really true because a lot of people that are mentally ill have to go through their their day with mental illness and right. it's not easy yep and yep. you get stronger and yep. you learn how to adapt and survive right so what we said about the antelope and the lion right it's a trauma you you, you get stronger right but what helped me was when i was diagnosed i didn't before i had to play in a bunch of different ways you know like when i was depressed i had to you know do crazy amount more to get ready for games and I had to play more aggressive because my reaction time wasn't as good. I wasn't as confident so I had to prepare different ways mentally to try to forget it. I had to go into bad memories in my head and all this stuff and I had to play on anger through depression. Mm. And when I was hypomanic or manic I was the most confident, chill, energetic goal in the world. You know, like you could sleep uh, two hours a night before a game and feel great, you know. And I just have that and then usually at those times i was better now when i'm it's been a little bit different uh, here through covid because it's kind of been tough adjusting medications through you know being isolated as bipolar which you shouldn't be doing right right but the first few years out of rehab when i was on steady medication and uh, i am what i am right now like i don't go through those things so i can be more consistent so my consistency is way better got it and 
treated uh, my other me me mental health issues, uh, not just the bipolar, has helped me tr tremendously. If, obviously, it's, if I have some, uh, if whatever you, however you want to put the science in, you know, of what's wrong with certain illnesses, you treat them, it will be better. You understand what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, so I, I've seen consistency and focus and uh, just uh, having a normal routine, sleeping better, all that, and just living a healthier life in, in general. But it's also been a tough road with medications and trying and side effects and uh, weight gain, all types of things, you know. So, but like now I'm on priest. Now when it's opened up and COVID is not there, it's easier. Sure. So, Got it. Um, so I wouldn't, it's not about mental toughness. I think that's, part of the part of the stigma right like you if you have issues you're not mentally strong i am more mental clarity no, 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 right i, yeah, I yeah. understand what you're saying yeah, but yeah. i'm saying like that's yeah. what i hear a lot you know like with right. the speeches and stuff like that we, i i was in new york in a, f a few years ago speaking uh, uh in an event with the same here and um uh, another organization i worked worked with a little bit and uh a journalist was asking you know well, they were talking about CTE and all that stuff. Um, well, these days, you know, everyone crying about, you know, brain trauma and all that stuff. Back in the day, no one said anything. No one complained. Yeah, but, you know, I've been around. Do you know what they took? Yeah. Do you know what they went through? Yeah. Do you know how many of them have, have died? How many yeah. have committed suicide? Yeah, you know, you're like, absolutely right. You understand yeah, what I sure. mean? That's how strong they were. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You want to know what pills they took to be able to play? I mean, or what their lives are like now. You know, I mean, for sure. Listen, I can. It, 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 it's just a thing in sports. Like you play through an injury, you're tough. Yep. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Honestly, like obviously, you know, we're competitive and all that stuff, and we do everything we can to play. But don't make it a hero thing, because sure. it's not pretty. It's way better now. But like back back when I got into the league, it's not pretty. And I know a lot of other sports athletes and other sports and stuff stuff too i Football, mean you can you yeah. can you can play on a broken leg with tordal in your system you don't feel anything yeah yeah i mean i've they were here making a hero thing in what was it the bergeron in boston they said they had a punctured lung all right yeah a yeah yeah you're right you're right it's crazy in the playoffs and they bring it out there like it's something that's good yeah i'm like it's you're right that's that, that, not, that is a sport stigma it is a stigma it's like you treat yourself bad and then you're tough how twisted are we right yeah you understand what i mean yeah if you go and get help you're weak you're a yeah. you're, you're soft you're or whatever yeah. it is yeah yeah you know you're what so I mean? right yeah you're absolutely right like look look at the they're heroes to me because I know how tough it is mentally. That's tough to come out publicly. Yeah. Like Druin came out the, the the other day. You know, I have a bunch of friends that's come out over the years now. You know, with uh, Colin Wilson and Avalanche came out uh, before he uh, retired in Colorado, and uh, you know, throughout you know, what is her name, the gymnast um, Simone Biles. Simone Biles. Simone, Biles. Yes. Simone Biles. Man, it's the most disgusting thing I've seen a country do to a person. Yeah, should cherish her. Ripped apart, yep. yeah. yeah. They, she got torn apart, and even like uh, tennis stars. Naomi Osaka, and, uh, oh, yeah, Osaka. yeah, yeah. Uh, 
you, you, you know, like uh, I saw McEnroe uh, talk some bullshit, you know, like who, who, who the fuck are you, man? Yeah. Like what she did on that stage in front of this country, I can say out of personal experience that she saved more life than any, many people uh, in this country will ever do, you know? And she's getting hacked down. Ripped apart, soft. yeah. Yeah. These people that say that she's soft... They wouldn't last one minute with that pressure that she put herself in. Of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely right. And one minute I, on her correct. social media of the shit that I know they say to her. I played in, uh, well, was in Long Island, man. And we uh, lost the second round to Carolina. I got pulled in the fourth game. We got swept, pulled in the second, second intermission, I think. And you have to sit on, you don't sit on a bench in Carolina, you sit with the fans. Oh, shit, okay. You understand what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoff game, we're just being, uh, being swept. I mean, the shit that they're saying to me, you should have hanged yourself. You should have killed yourself. You should take more pills. Uh, you know, like uh, all these things that they say and I hear fans saying and all that stuff. These so-called strong people, please put yourself in my shoes and try to survive one day. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Like being open and honest and t- getting help to have a good, happy life should not be looked down at. You understand what I mean? It should be. We should push towards that, right? Yeah. Normalize that. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, yeah. Or just be honest, right? Like you're saying, like just be, you should be. Yeah, if you're uh, having like, a problem, that's, that's the be dream honest. Scenario. Yeah. It's a dream scenario, but it's not the reality. True. That's why people are struggling. Yeah. True. It's, even age as well, you know. Naomi's so accomplished. No one can even imagine being that accomplished at that age, right? She's what, twenty yeah. two? Yeah. Twenty three so years young. old. With that much pressure. Story. Yeah. And yeah. we don't talk no one talks about it. No, just rip the report on social media. Yeah. 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 You're right. Absolute hero. But uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, someone else flashy that, uh, you know, played with a broken leg, you know. Like, it's, um, it's wild. someone that, uh, you know, goes through their career miserable with a happy face. And then after their career, you know, lose everything, lose life, family, mm-hmm. uh, divorce, suicide. He was tough. He, 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 he held out. Yeah, he you're right. He held out through career. He was tough. You're right. Man, like, you, you have a, you, obviously you have to work, you, you know, you create a life for yourself, depending on what you want in life, but you, you, you got to live too, you know, off your, your, your profession, you know, you got to sometimes, you, you retire one day. Yeah, be you. you. Health, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, many times that's too late, you know, and. It's not just in sports. I'm talking general, uh, yeah. all types of work, right? And if we, if it wasn't so damn expensive in this country, right? It's been so much healthier. And uh, if the government could take five, five, six percent of the military budget in this country and uh, <laughs> and cure everyone uh, or educate everyone and help everyone with their mental health, imagine how much more money they could put in the military. You're right. Quadruple that six percent to take out. Because of the money they save, of not things they have to, the government have to pay for that gets destroyed in this country, right? Um, so backwards, you know. It's uh, have you know negotiate with a GM or with a uh, with a team or whatever, and then you don't get treated fair. That's fine, but when it's done, they come talk to you about their issues. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. or you know, I, I. I one of my good friends, I'm not naming names, is like, yeah, I live a perfectly normal life. I, I don't really know what you talk about. Uh, I can't relate to mental health issues. Sure. 
Okay, well, I... Your, your, your kids is on benzos. And you think it's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're anxiety. right. anxiety. Benzos one of the most dangerous medications you can be on. It's the only... Me- it's, it's, it's harder to get off benzos than heroin. But as a normalized thing... And take it so early now these days, you know? Yeah, well, like, I'm like, and you sitting here and telling me that you don't can't relate to mental health issues. Open your eyes. You're, you try to normalize kids. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 your kids is already on. You, they're already on Xanax, man. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And it is. And, you know, anyone would, because we don't diagnose and we don't do the proper things, you know, you, okay, it's like a assembly line, you know, like for the people that can get medicines. Okay. I feel a little sad. Okay, here you go. Four days Xanax. Jesus. Makes a little wine and wonder why they overdose, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they have no fucking else. clue, man. You're absolutely right. Instead of going into root causes and see, you know, uh, all these things, they want to give you the most addictive things on there so they keep coming back. It's the money. Home. It's the money, like you exactly. said. It like is. you said. Like, yeah. Like if, you, if you don't, it's dangerous for me to talk about. I mean, I got to be honest. I said I will never work with a pharmaceutical company ever. And I got the proposal a few years ago with a, a company called Raylar Bipolar Medicine. I said, my agent called me. I was like, fuck you. Never. And that's dangerous for me to say. Yeah, it is. But I just did it last week with them because that was the first company. And I had, I talked to same here and the people that run it and people I work with and explained why. Because they were the first organization that came and wanted to do something with me. And... They were going to do it for educational purposes for psychiatrists, doctors, mm. and pharmacists. A video, a shoot, five, six hours at my house about educating, about giving, you know. And that gave me a little bit of hope. You know, a pharmaceutical company trying to educate these psychiatrists uh, that's not in high demand for work, you know, like as to be a doctor or whatnot, you know, like. I've been with psychiatrists. It's like, yeah, I got in this medicine the other the other week. Let's try that. Oh, what is it? Oh, well, shit. I, the salesman, you know, he dropped it off last we'll week. We'll see. You know, we'll see. To be it. determined. Yeah. Like, without knowing my history, without really knowing, you know, it's like, it's it's these things that they push. Sure. Yeah. Instead of, you know, again, they're not even educated. I've met many psychiatrists that don't even understand what bipolar is. It's wild. That's the problem. It's um, it's, it's it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, man, we appreciate you bringing shedding light on all of this, definitely. And actually, I learned a lot today, to oh, be honest absolutely, with you. Man. Um, and look, that's a wrap for the episode. That's all we got today, Robin. You're the man. Thank you for coming by. We're all excited for the season. Yeah, We're all excited to yes, hear. Sir, man. So we w- ended on a little negative. Uh, no, well, I type note, you know. But I think it's, I'm really excited for this whole thing. Thanks for having me. You know, for and, sure. We appreciate uh, you, my man. Thank you so Before much. we close out, I do want to say, you know, normalizing mental health awareness, I think, which is what you're trying to push, should be brought to light because us as all men who want to, I guess, the stigmas provide for your families, protect strong, your families, yeah. we don't talk about it because it's not fucking cool. It's not manly. It shouldn't be that way. And it should be brought to light like you've been talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Open and up the discussion. A, you know, shout out uh, to to the team that I work with with the Theo Fleury and Darren Rowell and uh, Eric Kusin and uh, same here, you know, like they exactly what you said. They created a podcast of not to be against women, but of men. Yeah. That can sit and talk about their 
emotions, right? For in sure. a podcast, in the same here podcast. Yeah. Because that's normalizing it because we, we as men, we, we don't talk about feelings, right? It's not cool. Not at all. No, and yeah, yeah. like you said, no, it's no, one no, in no. five. We're, it's we're, definitely more than one in five, like yeah. you said. Yeah, for and sure. Not, you don't have to be bipolar. You're no. still going to go no. through different Stuff. mental health issues. Yeah. We all Everybody have our days, emotions. If your yeah. mom dies, you know, the partner dies, you're not going to go through some shit. You 100%. Know, yeah, that's uh, right. Divorce, um, uh, you know, financial issues, all types of things. It goes up and down your mental health. Everyone. Everybody. Five and five. That's what same here says. <laughs> it's not five and five or bipolar or schizophrenic. You know, it's we all go through mental health issues and trauma builds up and creates mental mental illness. Absolutely. That's what it is. You know, and if we don't take it that way, we more people need to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. We agree, man. Well, thank you again. Yep. We appreciate you. And still, that bet's on the table if you want want it. Let's go. No, let's no, no, go. No. See, the thing is, is we can actually get you those. We can yeah, get you those. This go. asshole's <laughs> gonna do it. Yeah, and I'm like, I get a tattoo. It's fine. There you go. Done. I got it. I got. I'll get a small one on the fire. I got uh, emails dude. to send after the episode, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, thank you again, Robin. You the man. We appreciate you. Thank you, Robin. Really appreciate. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. We hope you learned a lot today. Hope it was a good time. We'll see you next episode. Yes, sir.